audio. Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to another episode of My First Concert. It's where I get to talk to artists and industry experts and educators and roadies about why they chose to get into the music industry. And this episode I'm particularly excited for because it focuses on my profession and come to find out after this interview was done that it might have directly impacted my profession and why I have done this as long as I have. From 1982 to about 1990, here in Western South Dakota, we had quite possibly one of the greatest rock radio stations, not just in our area, but in in the entire country. Nobody got ratings like it did. KSQY FM. K-Sky is what it was better known as. Now it's a shell of its former self. Its glory days were most definitely in that eight to ten year span from when it signed on until the age of grunge arrived. And the cast that it had on this radio station was as professional and as good as you would have found anywhere in the country. And it was all headed by the morning show of Jack Daniels and Tom Collins. And Jack Daniels is still in this market, still working in the radio business. He's not on the air anymore, which really kind of bums me out. And I know he's going to blush when I say this, but he really is a legend in our area. And I was so excited when he agreed to sit down and talk with me here on my first concert. Jack, I appreciate it, man. I'm so excited for this conversation. just an honor mark i mean when you called me i was just so uh i just was taken by it man it's a, it's a great honor well i have been i honestly have been wanting to talk to you for for a long time about the heyday of radio here in rapid city and let me just kind of set this for you a little bit now i got to go back to 1984 to 1988 okay that's when i was in high school so I was in a very small town just over the border, up in Bowman, North Dakota. So at night, on the weekends, there were two radio stations we listened to. One was KFYR out of Bismarck, okay? And the other one was KSQY in a little town of Deadwood, South Dakota. Do you, and I remember those, I remember driving around, listening to it at night, and just, you know, if there wasn't a cassette in the car, that radio was just blasting because it was... It was one of the most, I mean, one of the biggest album-oriented rock stations, really, not just in our area, but in the country. When you think back on that, that same feelings, those same memories, that same, because you were part of something that hasn't been replicated here yet. Well, what was strange about it was, and you and I talked about it before we started our uh, our interview today, I wasn't part of the original team. Uh, you know, they they signed it on, and then after about six months, their morning guy, Matt Afkin, decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So they called me and said, hey, you want to do mornings on K-Sky? And I went, God, are you kidding me? I was working on budget tapes and records in, in Rapid City. I wasn't even on the air. Oh, you're kidding. And I hadn't been on the air for a long time, so I said, okay, whatever. So quick story. I drive up to Lee Deadwood, right, and I do the interview with Jack Lund. Who you know you've yes. worked with before, and Ken Mills, who was the original owner, along with Houston Halgo, who of course owns Halgo Broadcasting right. here in town. So anyway, we you know agree on conditions and stuff like that. I'm looking out the window. We're in lead as we're doing the interview. It starts to snow, and I'm not kidding you. 
It snowed 110 inches over the next 48 hours, and I couldn't get out of Lee Deadwood. <laughs> That's how the whole thing started up there, you know. So, Well, what's your background, Jack? Where are you from originally? You know, you talk about what you used to listen to when, you know, when you were that age. Yeah. I, grew, I grew up in Rapid City, right? Okay. You're a local then. You're oh, 100% yeah. well, a local guy. I was born in Nebraska, but I moved to Rapid when, okay. I was, when I was nine years old. And I mean, I remember back during that time, you want to talk about legendary radio stations. I mean, back during this time uh, at KKLS, AM and FM in Rapid City, I yeah. mean, that's back when Jim Shaw was on the air. That's back when Cliff Powers was on the air. Cliff Powers, who was just, uh, you know, uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in South Dakota, he was on in New York City for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, Nathan Page, Chuckles Mack, um, uh, Randy Sutton, John Derrick. Uh, I, I mean, John I mean another name. Uh, yeah. and he's still on the radio yes, here, he you know, is. here in town. So I used to listen to these guys all the time and thought, oh, my God, they're, I mean, they were heroes of mine, right? I never thought about radio or anything like that. I just really enjoyed listening to it. Anyway, uh, I just always was associated with music. And then the first thing I ever did is I was in the entertainment business. I used to work with Mike Chambers and Matt Bashan and Scott Johnson out of Minneapolis. And we used to book bands kind of like Shane Funk does now for, for Home Slice, right? Oh, really? Yeah. And so we ended up going to Kansas City and we were booking bands uh, out of Lawrence, Kansas, to be exact, all over the United States. Uh, Spider and the Crabs, the Fabulous Flippers, we know White Wing, Wakefield, all of these these great bands like, uh, you know, John Hoos right. today, uh, right. Brandon Jones. Right. Uh, uh, well, not so much chance anymore because, right. you know, because he's hit the big time. But exactly. it's the same scenario, only it was 50 years ago. Right. So anyway, one day uh, the uh, booking agency just kind of rolled over. I drive back to Rapid City and it was like it was supposed to be. I pulled up at the house and as I was walking through the front door, my mom said to me, hey, there's somebody on the phone for you. His name is John Derrick. And so I go, OK. I go, what is John Derrick calling me for? So anyway, he calls me and he says, hey, do you ever think about going on the radio? And I went, it, it never entered my mind. No. How, how old were you at this time? I was uh, 1977. I was 20. Three, okay. So, so had you gone to school? To had you no, gone to college? No, no, you no. Done any? no. And if okay. any, anybody's ever heard me on the air, they realized I didn't go to school. <laughs> but so he goes, do you, "Do you want to try this?" And I went, "Yeah, no problem." So anyway, I go down there. I go on the air at midnight. And I was on the air for the next 35 years. That's how that started. Do you remember walking into the studio at midnight? Can you remember that day and what you felt? It was terrifying. You know, we were up on Skyline Drive. And this is only about six months after you said K-Sky had officially signed oh, on, wasn't oh, it? Oh, no, no. Or was this? This was well before K-Sky. This, oh. this was back near, you know, this was back in 76. Okay. Well, what station was it then? It was KKLS. KKLS. KKLS AM and FM Rapid City. Oh, you started on one of the absolute originals uh, yes. here then, really. and I mean monster announcers, yes. the best ever. You know what I mean? And so I do midnight to six, and then I would take it up to six o'clock, and it was the legendary Abner Hunter George and Tom Franklin that did mornings, and I would go into those guys at six o'clock and I did the overnight shift for a thousand years. So then what was that transition from KKLS to K-Sky? Well, then uh, I had a brief stint in Gillette, Wyoming, because okay. I uh, uh, I had uh, went over there to work for Steve Hughes, which was coal radio in Gillette, Wyoming. This oh is the God, late of 70s. Of course it right? was. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, I remember that experience. Uh, they had just a shack out by the, the railroad tracks. And this is Gillette, Wyoming in the late 70s, man. I mean, you know, you want to talk about, I mean, it was the frontier. <laughs> and 
the first day I'm there, right, I'm on the air, and, and we're spinning records then. It's vinyl. You know, you're queuing up the song and, and then and then hitting the thing. So anyway, uh, I'm sitting there in the control room, and I look over, and there's a mouse running on top of the record. And I went, you know, what is, where are we here, you know, and stuff. Fast forward. About two songs later, I'm on the air and I'm talking and, you know, back announcing the song and stuff like that. And I feel something in my pants that's running up my pants. So the joke was, the joke was for the remainder of the time that I was at that radio station, I had rubber bands on the bottom of my, of my blue jeans until I, uh, oh, I, I, I finally left. Then I came back from there okay. and worked in Rapid City for Tom Tom Communications, mm-hmm. which was Tom Kearns and Tom Brokaw. Right, the legendary NBC News announcer. Right, yeah. right. And so I uh, worked with them for a while, and then I just kind of uh, kind of got out of radio, started to work for Kevin Probst out of Budget Tapes and Records right here on this corner. Oh, right this, where this building this is, is we're sitting in? Oh, where a bunch of tapes and records was. Oh, and that answered such a... We were sitting the other day trying to remember what was here. It was budget tapes and records. Yeah, and then I think there was exhaust, exhaust pros was here or something like yes. that. I remember standing uh, in front of budget tapes and records. Um, we had the, the car doors open, and we were listening to K-Sky sign on at high noon that day. And I went, oh my gosh, listen to this music. You know, they played... Wasn't it Turn Me Loose by Loverboy? I believe so, like, yes. right off the it bat. It was all, I mean, it was just all of those absolute monster right. rock songs right. so from again, 82. Even hearing the stuff, I had no aspiration whatsoever that I was ever going to get back into radio, whatever the case may be. So six months later, they call me, and I'm right back into radio. Where did you start then when you got on the K? Were you in the mornings? I did right mornings. Away? You went right away into mornings. Right away in the mornings, and they were kind of going, well, you need help, uh, you know, just you know, doing it yourself and stuff like that. So we had a read the news contest. Mm-hmm. So we brought people in to just work with me and then along came this guy named Tom Zupid who eventually became Tom Collins and we became Jack and Tom in the morning and that was after his stint here with Randy McDaniel in Rapid City on Hit 100 where they were just gigantic so you know he had no aspirations about being back on the radio again Next thing you know, he's with me, and for eight for the next eight years, we we worked together. Is on, that all uh, the longer you were? You guys did mornings with Case Guy, because boy, it seemed like you were there. It's, it did seem longer. Well, than, and I, I don't. Yeah, didn't <laughs> mean how that came out. Than but, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. were there till ninety then. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then we were shown the door. But then, <laughs> but you know, but you talk about the power of that radio station here. We had Jeff Michaels working middays, who was just a, a monster. I remember sitting there the one day, and uh, uh, the secretary downstairs says, "Hey, there's there's a lady here to 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 meet with you," and I said, "Okay." So I came downstairs, and this really small girl says to me, hi, I'm Betty Corvin, and uh, we were just out here visiting the Black Hills and stuff like that, and I really love this radio station. I would really like to work here. And I went, well, you know, we've got our people and stuff like that. I said, do you have any experience? She goes, yeah, I do 7 to Midnight on WMMS in Cleveland, which at the time was probably the premier rock station in the United States. And I said, no, you don't. She goes, yeah, I work 7 to Midnight on WMMS. So we made some phone calls, and... She did, and so we hired her to do afternoon drive. That was that lineup that Case Guy had. Then it was, you know, like I said, you and Tom, and Jeff Michaels, uh, and, and Betty, Betty Corbin. Corbin. And then at night was well, that that kind of varied. At time we had we had Terry Anderson, Terry Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, we had Colin Heupel. Oh, uh, Colin Heupel. Colin, that's right. Which was he also from? Yes, he well, was from my hometown. Well, let's not forget your hometown, Carrie Freeze. Carrie Freeze. He was he was thirteen miles away. He lived in Scranton, which is funny because I also. Did this podcast with Cat Perkins? Oh, sure. Who's also from Scranton? Oh, which, you're kidding no, me! Which is amazing. Two two people that are, are just incredibly talented. Obviously, Cat. But Carrie uh, was one of the best production guys I ever were, or not really worked with, but just knew of. His ability to sit oh. down in a room with a reel-to-reel machine and make these commercials. 
And he was he was phenomenal. And then that voice. Yes, he, it was just it was just butter. Well, no, he had a voice. He had a voice like you. It was just so very natural. Right. He didn't try to do anything with it. Uh, you know, uh, he he often said to me, he goes, I would like to be able to walk into a McDonald's and order a hamburger and they know it's me. Don't you know, you know, you know how it is. Like you know, when you would go to like all of the big uh, disc jockey conventions, yes. like up in Minneapolis, whenever you'd see somebody, they'd go, hey, Mark, how's it going? <laughs> right, man? exactly. Been, and go, why are you talking like that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's, people will still say that. They're like, you have a radio voice and you have a normal yeah. voice. No, uh, a little, No, you maybe. sound exactly like you do on the air, Mark. <laughs> you know, that's what's so great about you. Those, those days, did you realize what was going on around you at that time did you realize that what what some people don't know is is radio stations are are uh, usually uh, judged um on used to be called the arbitrons now it's sure. nielsen sure. now so you guys and their ratings i mean like television ratings right and i know at at, at one point uh case guy i believe had a 40 plus share right. which is just unheard of it had the highest average quarter hour share in uh, of any rock station in the United States. Were you aware of that? Did you know what rock stars you guys were? Well, you know, I was never very smart. I just always said, you know, if our number is bigger than theirs, then we must be winning. <laughs> and then nobody was even. I mean, yeah. You could have taken all the stations yeah. and combined them. And the general manager would go, "Yeah, your number's like much, much bigger." But but, but it was the overall radio station. It wasn't just us and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was six a.m. until midnight. It was that whole you team know. you guys had put oh. together, and plus the sales staff and the general manager. I mean, you know, we. You know, Cindy McNeil, who went on to uh, be the general manager of uh, Fox uh, television here in Rapid City, mm-hmm. so forth. She has hence retired and so forth. Michael Goodroad, who has worked with you guys for, yeah. for many, many years. He was just a giant. And uh, we just had a wonderful marketing team and so forth. So it just all worked. I remember uh, t- I had lunch with Tom Collins the other day. I hadn't seen him for a long time. He moved back from, uh, from Sioux Falls. And he was quick to remind me that we knew where we were going to be a year from that date. So, like the live appearances and the things right. that we did, were were booked a year in advance. That's that's just unheard and of. And I just went, and you know, eventually got to the point where Tom got tired of it, and so did I. But, sure. But uh, I was married, and we just had babies, and I we needed the money, so <laughs> yeah. I just go, let's just keep doing these things because I need the cash. Well, and it was yeah. in the in the in the building that you guys were located in too, where K Sky started. It's it's uh, it was. I mean, the historical significance of it. Is amazing. Six right? six six Main, by the six, way. Six 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 Main Street in Deadwood, South Dakota. It was in an old bank building. Right. You had both floors of it. Right. What I loved because I did. I was lucky enough. I actually worked on K Sky for about four months. I was working overnights on weekends. You had actually hired me in eighty eight eighty nine. Right. Yep. And I had come in. I would. I would be there when when Good Road came in to do his jazz show. His jazz show. So I got to be up there working, yeah, it was probably midnight till, well, it must have been midnight till six or two to six, something like that. Right. And I remember that the first time walking into that building and the door for whoever was there closed behind me and they left. It was one of the most surreal experiences and creepiest buildings I think I've ever been in. The, The bank vault... An honest to God, bank vault. There was three of them. There was three of them on, on, on all floors. There was a bank vault on all, all three floors. Well, I I didn't know that. It was that a bank. It even creepier. It was a bank. Right. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice the 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 uh, label on my door? The first door when you came up the stairs to the right, it said Doc Smiley. Doc Smiley, the dentist, right? And he was there the he was there for you know fifty years. 
Oh, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, you, I think you, may, you may be right. There's, there's no question. Uh, and I also, wa- I, I went up there the other day, and it, like the the production studio and everything is still in there the way it was 30 years ago. Are they they're not doing anything well, with that second floor? Well, some guy, third floor? You know, some guy has a gift shop downstairs, right. and so I walked in there one day and I said, "What are you doing up there?" And he goes, "We never touch it." And I said, "Do you mind if I walk up there?" And I used to work here, and he goes, "Yeah, go ahead." Oh no! You want to talk, talk about creepy? Yeah, it was creepy. Oh, I would love to see that again too. Creepy. Well, because you got the, the Chinese tunnels were under that building. You could go down into them. Carrie took me down there one night. Right. He said, "This is about as far as we can go." You know, I, I think he was like, "I just don't want to go any further." But the history of that building and where it started to added, I just think, to that wonderful mystique of that entire radio station. I remember the night the syndicate building lit on fire, which was right next to the saloon number 10 on the corner there. Okay. Which were directly across the street from K-Sky, right? Right. We're doing a live play-by-play on it. Oh, my God. Because the studio's right there on the corner, directly across the street from the old style. It got so hot, we thought the windows were going to blow out. So we ran the telephone wire down to the end of the hallway and continued to... You know, uh, do a live broadcast of what was happening across the street. It was like 15 below zero outside there, trying to put this fire out, yeah. and we and it burned right up to the saloon number 10, and, and that's when it stopped. I'm just surprised that whole yeah. that whole street just it didn't burn everything up right to the wall of the saloon number 10. <laughs> I don't know what that tells you. Yeah, I don't that's, know. But, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and one of the other one of the other things I think you guys did too before anybody else. Which again, this is I'm I'm just kind of reliving some of the my memories of Case Guy. Uh, we came down for senior pictures when Carrie Freeze was working there. And Carrie was like, hey, if you guys want to come by, we'll show you the studios and everything and give you a tour. And that sure. was, I mean, that was that was like getting to visit, you know, any prestigious anything to a bunch of rubes from North Dakota to get to go into the K-Sky building. But you guys had that van with the big oh. speakers that opened up out oh. of the back. And Carrie's like, hey, you guys want to want to drive it around? You want to go wanna drive it around town? I'm like, well, of course we do. You know, and it was I don't remember, uh, you know, since then, every all radio stations have their station vehicle. But you guys had this with the speakers and, and the, the ability to be a mobile unit yeah, with that yeah. thing. It was the case guy Coca-Cola video. The Coca-Cola, the, yes. And it was so and it was so funny because uh, who, we, who we were competing against here in town and stuff. Uh, we, we debuted it at the World of Wheels at the Civic Center that year and stuff. And the, the, the sales manager from the competition came up to me and he goes, you know, we had first shot at this. And I said, Bad decision, <laughs> because you know we had this thing lit up and it had like an eighty-inch screen out the back of it and a sound system and it was really kind of the hit of the show. It was. It was yeah. amazing. Anytime yeah. that pl- anytime that was parked anywhere, right? You know that was such a draw yeah. for and, people. And plus, you're connected with Coca-Cola, so yes. kind of go. And you said you passed on that one, uh, yeah, okay. exactly. And, and you still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, do you? Uh, is there any desire, Jack, for you to ever? go back and do something like that not at all none uh, not at all there's been you know we, you know we have six stations you mm-hmm. know just like you do and everything right like and that. i should i should yeah i should mention that you you uh there's three main radio groups in this city right uh i mean maine you know that everybody there's uh home slice which is what i who Your i group. work for there's how go uh which is another one and then there's riverfront right which you are a part of that i'm a part what of. do you do there specifically Jack? i'm a sales just okay. a salesperson okay. and that's uh, and i have been since 2007 okay so i haven't been on the radio in oh for a many long many time. many years yeah why not yeah you know and you know you can voice track now of course yes. which you know that's what makes everything different now mm-hmm. is that very different a lot of times there back when i was running case guy we ran 24 hours a day yep seven days a week live bodies yeah and 
that's why I say most of the people that work for me, you know, there's far more people that hated me than liked me because I set up the schedule and there were people working Christmas Eve exactly. and, Chris, and Christmas Day and New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and New Year's Day. And that's just the way it was. We had to staff it around, you know, around the clock. But now, you know, you can voice track and they've asked me whether or not I I would like to maybe do a, an afternoon show on Q92.3 sure. or and I just got there's just no reason. And I, it's like I always tell my kids, I had my turn and I had a long turn, you know. I mean, it was a it was a 35 year run. That's that that's good enough. And really, when you look at the talent that's in this market, and particularly with your group and and, and some of the people that we have, yeah, sure. uh, this uh, this is a very very strong radio market. It really is. And I just really don't know if I would want to step back into that arena again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's it's interesting because I'm I mean I'm at that point where I I maybe have. 10 years left if I want to keep doing this, you know, and, and I often think about that. I think about guys like you and I, you know, I think about guys like Michael and, and, and Tom and, and these guys that just had these amazing radio careers. Sure. And so, you know, afterwards, you know, how much are you going to miss it? I mean, do, do you have, is there, there's, there's, there's no draw left. There's nothing in you that says, uh, no, there really isn't. Uh, you know, and I, and I, and I can't explain why right? I can't explain why it's just like, you know, I realize I can't dunk a basketball anymore. <laughs> you know, I can't hit a curveball anymore. Cause I used to be an athlete. You know, I went to Rapid City Central High School here, grew up in North Rapid and was always an athlete. And I just realized I can't do that anymore. I think sometimes you just have to understand your limitations sure. and realize, and, and, and this is really just kind of a, uh, you know, the next step from that, you mm-hmm. know, I'm still, I think when you're, you're still on, involved, you're, I'm still involved. I'm in the marketing aspect of everything and I'm directly involved in all of the, you know, the shows and so forth, you know, everything that comes into town. I'm, uh, I do all the media relations for Deadwood Mountain Grand. Uh, you know, I now do all the media relations for Deadwood Live, the the live shows that are being put on by Mark Oswald and Live Nation. And so Dead, it's almost back to where you back, started. Back to, yeah. I never really thought of it, it that way. Yeah. Is. You're back into that particular uh, you know, part of uh, part of your career, and it, that you know that part hasn't really changed. It's just there seems to be it's almost a feeding frenzy now, Mark. After mm-hmm. after what happened with COVID and so forth, and people are starting to get a little bit of a green light to be able to get back out there again. Uh, these people are are really ready to play and and to see these lineups coming in and, and see what they're doing at the the new monument. I I just don't realize I don't I don't think people realize how fortunate they are. And, and and how well these people have done over the years in Rapid City. I mean, if you walk through the old hallway down at the Civic Center and you see the people that have appeared at, at, at the Civic Center from Elvis Presley to Guns N' Roses, I mean, I mean, it's just every major, you know, group that you can think of. And then you go, uh, you know, to the next group at Deadwood Mountain Grand, all of the people that they've brought in. Oh, I mean, from, amazing. from Dolly Parton to the Avid Brothers. Yep. The Avid Brothers played up there after doing three consecutive sold-out nights at Red Rock, you know. I mean, how do you even get, you know, get these particular bands? Not to mention what Rod Woodruff does, you know, uh, you know, at, at the Buffalo Chip right. every year. Uh, I think sometimes people are quick to criticize. Well, why can't we do this? Why don't they come here when they should really just sit back and go, man, there's a lot of bands I would have never thought would have, would have, had, ever, have, played would have ever played in Rapid right. City. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you were uh, going back here to the kind of to the point of this this whole podcast do you remember the moment and it doesn't not necessarily a concert or maybe there was a i don't know somebody that you looked up to or some music that you listened to that said you know what radio that is something i want to do did did, did, it, did it click with you was there that yeah. moment you know this is how old i am <laughs> 
Okay. You're Listen, not that old. I am really old. <laughs> there used to be a place, and people that are my age in their 60s remember downtown Rapid City, uh, you know, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. 60 years ago. There was a place called Race Hi-Fi. Oh, oh my and God. Just could, the name Hi-Fi yeah, alone. It was a Perfect. Hi-Fi store. And you could go in, and you could grab a 45 and go into a booth and put on a pair of headphones. You're kidding. And listen to the record. And if you liked it, you put it back in the sleeve and went up to the counter and paid you know, 60 cents for right. it. So I remember all the Beatles records and all the Stones records and stuff I used to listen to at Ray's Hi-Fi, which was right down by Woolworth. I mean, I think you're- By Woolworth. By, by Woolworth, <laughs> right. I mean, I think I was hooked from, the, you know, from that particular point. But I think the radio aspect of it, I can even bring it down to a moment in time that we were up on Skyline drive one night and we used to listen to K-A-A-Y in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. You know, these Clear Channel AMs yep, that were yep. like K-O-M-A and K-S-T-P. After the sun goes down, they go to Clear Channel. And they go across the country. Across the country. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a show called Beaker Street and the announcer was Clyde Clifford. And he goes, uh, you know, he had this really low voice and he goes, I, I got something new for you. This is a band called Led Zeppelin. And he played Good Times, Bad Times, and my life changed right there. You know, I mean, after listening to the Osmonds and everything mm-hmm. that you have been in, Anne Murray and stuff that were on the radio at that time, you heard Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin, and, and it was over for me. I said, this is it. This is my music. And that's re- really where we started to get into the shows. Mm-hmm. By the way, when we were in high school, I have a friend here in town who you know, Mike Chambers, Matt Bouchon, uh, and they had a guy by the name of Scott Johnson. Are we running over time? No, here, no, right? no. You're You're, this is a podcast, so I get to go yeah. as long as I'm interested. We were, we were doing major shows, major concerts in Rapid City when we were in high school. Get the, get the first show we did. The first show we did was Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show oh, and man. Steely Dan. This was after Steely Dan just released Camp by a Thrill. So we're out at the out at the Central States Fairgrounds, and I mean I don't know how many thousands of people are there, but I want to put this in perspective. If you don't remember and have not watched a documentary on on Steely Dan, they toured one year. They never toured again for 20 years after they released Camp by a Thrill. So if you saw that band out at the Central States Fair that that, that night, you saw the only time that they toured the United States for two decades. And we did Waylon and Willie and Jesse Coulter and Atlanta Rhythm Section and Cheap Trick, REO Speedwagon out at the uh, out at the Central right. States Fair. And Mike's dad had a trucking firm, right? So how we built the stage was is he would back in these, these flatbed trailers. And I, I'll never forget him doing it. He could put them about two inches apart, just straight as an arrow. And he would put about six of them, you know, side by side. Yeah. And we would nail uh, plywood to the top of them. And that was the stage. <laughs> And dude, it was enormous. <laughs> oh, it had to have been. It, it I mean, was, listen, those names you yeah, listed. Of course, yeah, they. I were. wonder if Ron Jeffries, you know, if he knows these stories too, because I mean, because <laughs> he's not as old as me. But you know, and to think of the great job that they do out there, oh, exactly, too, and everything yeah. that, that that he's associated with. But I mean, that that was the whole time, you know. So I mean, that was seventeen years old. That was fifty years ago, Mark. 50 years ago. So, like, you know, when I go to the shows now and, you know, with, with these people that I'm associated with it's, it's stuff, you just kind of go, God, it's been a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, things are a little different. It's a little different now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, exactly. a little, it's a little different now. But I've just been really fortunate. You know, I was just at the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, if it ends tomorrow, it's, it, it's been a great life, man. And I think anybody that's grow, grown up in this area, especially that lived through the 70s and 80s, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you know, there were this market had, like you said, probably two of the greatest 
radio stations in most of the country, in KKLS. Oh, no question. And in KSQY, in K-Sky. It was the memories of listening to that radio station, and it probably a small part is why I was like, you know what, that would be a fun job to do. Well, so indirectly, Jack, you probably had something to do with it. <laughs> you had to have, okay? Well, because I, well, I was part of it. You know what, I, I, I was part of it. And and that's good enough for me. You know, <laughs> Perfect. You know, I was, you know, I, I was just going to mention one other guy that we, we, you know, we talk about greatness mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, how about Dan Kiley? Dan Kiley, another yeah, yeah. unbelievable radio yeah. personality. You know, Dan Dan Kiley ends up leaving Rapid City and going to become the program director of Kiss of Kiss FM in, in Los in, Angeles. In Los Angeles. Another quick story: uh, the record guy, uh, Mark Potter. Uh, flies out to see him, you know, from Minneapolis because you know he used to work with him right. here in Rapid City, and so he says, "Well, I got to make a, I got to make a stop before we, you know, we go have lunch." So anyway, they come up to this big gated community and stuff, and the and the gates open up and they drive up to the, you know, to this mansion and so forth, and Madonna walks out of the. F- <laughs> oh, you're kidding! And Mark Potter just goes, "You know, Madonna," <laughs> you know. So I mean, this is back in the '80s where you right. know, you know, she of was, course. she was Beyonce, she was Rihanna, you know, you know, back during that time. So, yeah, but I mean, he was here. And uh, you know how good was he? Oh, Dan Kiley was one of the. Oh, uh, he was. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. You can't you can't he underestimate. Was a, he was you know. a star. Yeah, or overestimate, I should say. Yep, yeah. he was totally he was a star. Well, and you know Kevin Phillips is another oh, incredible oh. radio personality oh here in Rapid City. Oh my God, who still gets to do his thing? Yeah, Rapid City has been for for the little stuff that we've done and for the stuff we've seen and and it's we've worked with some incredible people. You know, just amazing people. Well, you know, I think people like to bitch too. Sure, you know I mean? like you know, I mean, you know, everybody's bringing all this stuff up about Sioux Falls. Well, Sioux Falls, get well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. That's why. What? Do you yeah. want to live in Sioux Falls? Right. They still have no personality. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, we can okay. make fun of them. They're in our state, but still, yeah. no personality. Yeah. Why are they always all over here? That's what <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Exactly. You know, you know oh. why, why do I see so many one license plates in the summer here? You know, you know? Jack, you still sound like you could get on the radio and do this. <laughs> I mean, it's well, it, even though you say you you don't have the desire to i think you know if they flip the switch i think oh, you could go well, back and do that all what again a, what a great compliment coming from I you mean, I, it's amazing well uh i've been a huge fan of yours forever and i don't know how many times i tried to hire you but it got to the point where you, it was it was almost annoying you let me put it this way you you made me a lot of money here jack well <laughs> well this is what he's offering me so okay right. well, <laughs> that's it exactly well good so well know. no and i really appreciate that but this I've, I've wanted to have a conversation like this with you for for a long time because it's you know uh you and just really like a handful of others were changed the face of radio here in in western south dakota and in that five state area so this has been fun man well i appreciate it so much mark yeah absolutely thank you so much jack Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jaquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Haddon. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.